If you have ever been in the position where you've given your clients some advice, some great advice, I might add, and they completely disregard it, only for somebody else to give the exact same advice, and suddenly they're all ears. This podcast episode is for you. We're going to be talking about the business of expertise and why it's so important to key account management. Sit tight. I'll be right back. Welcome back, heroes, to the very first episode of the Cam Club, a podcast dedicated to helping busy key account managers get one step ahead. Now, I'm your host, Warwick Brown, and I am so excited to be on this platform. Look, I'm I'm everywhere else. Why not podcasting, right? It's taken a minute, but better late than never, okay? Anybody that knows me knows that I am so passionate about key account management as experts, because think about it. Your customers, they go out to buy your solution. They might go to market every three years, five years. You may have clients that have never gone to market in the last 10 years. You as an account manager are implementing clients every day. You're putting out bids every day. You're looking for new opportunities to optimize the way your clients use your solution every single day. You know better than your clients how to use your solution, what is going on in your industry and the emerging trends and how to take advantage of those or how to mitigate risks. So in essence, you are management consultants. You have that expertise. But the challenge is getting your clients to see it. One of my pet peeves is when a client doesn't listen to my advice, they don't take my recommendations, they fail to implement all of the things that we agree. And what makes it worse is when later they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars or pounds on bringing in a management consultant who then calls me, picks my brains, asks me for all this data, and then they go ahead and make the exact same recommendations that I have been banging on about. And now my client is all ears very maddening, very frustrating. And I was reminded of this because I read a book a long time ago called The Business of Expertise, and it popped up in my Readwise feed. So Readwise is an app that allows you to highlight parts of your Kindle or notes on the web, things like that. And then you can set it up so that we'll send you reminders every Sunday or whatever frequency you like of random quotes from books you've read. And this is what popped into my inbox a little while ago. A strategist who bounces in and out of the relationship with a client has more status and impact than the account manager that the client interacts with every day. That quote is from The Business of Expertise by David C. Baker. And I tell you what, I saw red when it landed in my inbox because I had was triggered, completely triggered about all those times that that's happened to me in the past. But listen, there's no point crying about the fact that that is the way it is. What are we going to do about it is the question. The thing that I want to put forward to you is that you really need to start thinking about How can you elevate the quality of your conversations with your clients? How can you actually have more strategic conversations with them more regularly? Get them to focus on opportunities that need attention. Get them to see new opportunities and start conversations that are much more uh, thought-provoking in their context. Now, the best way to do this, I think, is just simply transforming information into knowledge. What do I mean by that? Well, information is just that. It's just information. It's facts. It's noise. We're bombarded with information day in and day out from every angle. What do you do with that information? What does that information mean? What kind of value can you create from that information? That's what's important. Now, the Oxford Dictionary defines value as the regard that something is held to deserve, the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. So while value might mean lots of different things to lots of different people, for me, I like to focus on that word usefulness. That's it. It's that simple. Whenever I send something to a client, whenever I ask them a question, whenever I pick up the phone to talk to them, I always ask myself, is what I'm about to share, what I'm about to say, useful? What are they going to do next with the information I give them? Or what do I want them to do next with the information I share? If I can't answer that question, then maybe I haven't thought well enough about what this information actually means and whether or not it is indeed useful. 
So that simple filter of usefulness can really help you surface the important, valuable information and disregard all the rest. So how do we transform information into knowledge, into something valuable? First, you need to pick a topic. Now, clients are always going to be interested in these universal subjects. They're interested in industry trends. They're interested in what their competitors are doing. They're interested in what other clients are doing, a bit of benchmarking. And then they're also interested in cost avoidance, cost reduction, making more money, improving quality, and improving efficiency. Just those handful of themes is a great place to start to try and find information that might be useful to your clients. Next, transform that information into knowledge. Step one is to filter, so you need to reduce the quantity of that information by assessing its relevance. Next step is to validate, so make sure that the information is reliable and correct, and make sure that you save your client the time and to confirm that it's from a trustworthy source or supported by data. You didn't get it from Wikipedia, right? Once you've done that, you want to analyze, so what trends, patterns, benchmarks, opportunities, and implications does this information have for your client? Next, customize it. So apply everything that you've learned so far to your client's situation. What does it actually mean? Once you've filtered it, you've validated it, you've identified some trends, so what? What next? And then communicate. Think about the best way to present this information. Is it best to do it in an email? Is it worthy of an actual presentation and a dedicated meeting? Is it something you want to add on to a business review? Think about the format because the modality of how you deliver that information can make a big difference to its impact and how well it's received by your client. Now, if you find yourself with a bunch of ideas and a bunch of information and you're not sure which one is best, my advice is just to view everything through a customer improvement lens. Think about your knowledge, your background, your experience, what ideas and opinions do you have? How can you apply them to this newfound information and knowledge? Write everything down, right? Don't just keep it in your, in your head and mull it over in your brain because you'll forget things. So it's good just to whiteboard it or get sticky notes, that type of thing. Once you have them all laid out, be ruthless. Think about which is the absolute best of those, the one that is going to deliver the maximum impact, the maximum return on investment, and the one that is most worth your time and your client's time, and that has the biggest impact. So once you've got laser focused on the best ideas and you've decided these are the ones I'm going to recommend to my customer. And that's because experts give recommendations, not options. Don't give your client a big, long list of choices because you're essentially outsourcing the decision to them. They want you as the expert to give your professional opinion and point of view on what is the best course of action. So we discussed viewing everything with a customer improvement lens. So I just want to remind you of that. You're looking for the transformation, the biggest transformation. That's where you want to guide your client towards because that's where the impact is. That's where the greatest return on investment is. Don't dwell in that space where it's all quick wins and low-hanging fruit and things that you can do quickly and easily. We want to challenge our client and ourselves to achieve those stretch targets. That's what's going to elevate you in the eyes of your customer and move you towards trusted partner and you know that expertise status. So look, what do you think about the idea of as being that trusted advisor, about transforming information into knowledge, about trying to establish more credibility and authority so that when we do give advice to our clients, they listen. There is nothing better, I promise you, there's nothing better in the world than when your client rings you and says, hey, listen, Warwick, I wanted to run something past you. Or somebody's told me something and I wanted to double check with you. Oh my God, it feels so good. It's so rewarding to know that all of the hard work and focus that you've put into your client and the relationship and optimizing the partnership has paid off and you have earned their trust and they have given it to you. And it makes me so happy when that happens and I'm sure it will make you happy too. And it is worth all the hard work it takes to get to that point. 
So before we move on from the business of expertise, if you have any questions for me, any feedback, uh, or you want to subscribe to the newsletter to make sure you don't miss any future episodes, you can do that at amtip.co slash podcast. Show notes for this episode are also available at amtip.co slash 001. All right, a few more things I wanted to talk about before uh, we wrap things up. What I'm reading, now I've just finished First Things First by Stephen Covey. Now he's the author of The Habits of, or Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And yes, it's another productivity book that promises to help you get more done in less time. We've heard it all before, but this one grabbed me. This was really, really powerful in the way that it positioned productivity as an ecosystem across your whole life, not just for work. The quote here that really grabbed me was, my output is tremendous. I'm getting a lot done, but I get this feeling inside sometimes, so what? What are you doing that really counts? I have to admit, I don't know. I feel that so hard. (laughs) I got to say, I am so busy doing busy work and I get to the end and I feel like I've accomplished nothing, yet I've barely had a minute to scratch myself. Now, in the book, Covey says that we're in this constant struggle between the clock, which is our commitments, our appointments, our schedules, our goals, and our activities, and the compass, which is our vision, our values, our principles, our mission, our conscience, and direction. And the gap, this, this feeling of emptiness comes when we don't feel like we're contributing to what's most important in our lives. Covey says we have an urgency addiction, and I feel you on that. This quote blew me away. It's become a status symbol in our society. If we're busy, we're important. If we're not busy, we're almost embarrassed to admit it. Busyness is where we get our security. It's validating, popular, and pleasing. It's also a good excuse for not dealing with the first things in our lives. That was prolific to me because, yes, I do see people running around the office people that I talk to, clients that are just so almost proud of the fact that they're busy. They use, they wear it like a badge. And I have been guilty of that myself. And those rare times when I've been quiet or work's been a little slow, I feel guilty. I feel like I, I'm, I shouldn't have a long lunch. I shouldn't read an article. I shouldn't invest in my self-development because I should be busy. I should be doing something. It's this chaotic hamster wheel that we're on. So I really recommend this book. It was a huge enlightening read for me. I absolutely loved it. And uh, you'll find if you're struggling with really trying to connect all of the pieces of your life together and be more productive, but not just more productive, but get the right work done, you'll love First Things First by Stephen Covey. Check it out on Amazon or you can go to the show notes at amtip.co slash 001 and uh, there's some links there. Last thing I want to share is a cool tool called Workona. Now, if you're addicted to tabs like me, it doesn't work. Multitasking does not work. I'm so easily distracted. And every time I open my browser, I'm always greeted by this endless sea of half-read stories, unwatched videos, reminders, spreadsheets, news, social media. And then every time I go to close a tab, I end up going further down this rabbit hole. It's, It's insane. And not only that, my system was getting so overwhelmed and so slow. And I was wondering why if all my applications are so sluggish. And then I look, I've got 50 tabs open. So I found this tool called Workona. And it's a Chrome extension that allows you to bring everything together across your browser into one centralized project dashboard. You organize your tabs and bookmarks as resources. You can add notes to projects and even create tasks. I absolutely love it. I've got rid of all my bookmarks. I've got dedicated workspaces to the different 
tasks that I need to do and all of the tools that I use when I'm in that zone. So my design tools, my marketing tools, my sales tools are all grouped together and I can open them all with one click. So powerful, a fantastic time saver. If you check out the show notes, I've done a little three-minute walkthrough of Wakona just to give you an idea of how I use it and what it looks like. But it has been one of the the biggest revelations to me in terms of uh, Chrome extensions and apps that have really impacted my focus in a positive way. So check that one out as well. All right, listen, let me leave you with a final quote. Never miss a good chance to shut up. Love that from Will Rogers. Thank you so much for listening, heroes. I will see you next time on the Camp Club podcast. Bye for now.